Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome along to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another program, another edition. If it's your first time, a real, real warm welcome. And if you've been with us for a while, thank you for your time and attention. So what I'm going to talk about today. Well, today I'm going to go off at a slight tangent. I'm definitely going to talk about the world of coaching. And I'm going to talk about particularly coaching young players, but not necessarily so. So coaching in general. But I'm going to come at it with some information that comes from the world of, you could call it healthcare, you could call it the world of caregiving. But as some of you know, um, I have also spent some of my working life in healthcare in various capacities as well as performance. And I have worked also with dementia patients, which for anybody who doesn't know, and there are a lot of people who do know because they live it on a daily basis because of the prevalence of Alzheimer's disease and mixed dementia and the other forms of dementia that now exist or are now known about and diagnosed, particularly in the Western world. And one of the things I came across the other day was something that's been called the caregiver's 10 commandments for Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, bear with me while I give you a little bit of backstory. Hear this out and don't switch off if you are a football coach because there will be some profound wisdom in here for you along with rules for life and things that we can all benefit from for being reminded of. So none of this is mine. I steal everything and share it and tweak it and pass it on. Now when you're dealing with somebody who has a diagnosis, and I'll say that that's what we're dealing with, of Alzheimer's disease or dementia. The normal rules of logical communication are often not appropriate and are not successful. And the reason being at a very basic blunt level is that the person who has the disease process is unable to deal with the information in the way that they used to. They cannot take the information in in the same way. It's certainly not processed in the same way. And the formulation of an output as regards communication and response 
is therefore also altered. So the normal rules of engagement do not apply. Now, what's this got to do with coaching? Well, hear me out, because here are the 10 caregivers commandments for dealing with Alzheimer's and dementia. Number one, agree. So if you're trying to get a point over or you want to communicate something and the person who you are trying to communicate with does not agree with you, their rule is do not argue. It is futile. It will not result in a positive end and there are better ways. Now, if you're on a football pitch and you're coaching some players is it positive and going to be be a good outcome if you as the coach engage in an argument with your players probably not now I am not saying let the players rule the session you're the coach one singer, one song, you're the director, have it your way. But I think there's a ton of wisdom in that statement. They say agree. Yes, with an Alzheimer's patient, agree. Here's the example. Somebody says, you say to somebody, that's red. They say to you, no it's not, it's white. Now to anybody who's got normal color vision, it will either be red or white. Are you struggling to find that extra edge to help you stand out above the crowd? Separating yourself from the rest is often about personal leadership. Achieve your true potential and become who you really can be. The Leader Manager Coach Pro Course is a unique membership accessing the knowledge and wisdom from history's greats that will help you develop both personally and professionally to make you truly stand out. The Leader Manager Coach Pro Course. Access now at patreon.com Leader Manager Coach. However, if you say to them, that's interesting, what makes you think that? You can engage in some form of communication and possibly understand where they're coming from and then formulate a better response. Is that not better than saying, no, you're wrong, it's red? Now, these are not absolute fundamental rules that you must put in place. And I'm not saying if you're dealing with an obstroculous 11-year-old who decides that on this occasion they're going to say that white is red or red is white because they just feel like it and it will mess up the session or it will create pandemonium at home and it's just how they feel about being awkward and you don't have to be an 11-year-old to do that. There are plenty of adults or people who are called adults who act like that regularly so we all know so I'm not saying become a complete pacifist and let the bully and the inappropriate ruler have their way I'm just saying take on board the fact that there is often a better way to negotiate round things by not arguing you do not get embroiled in an emotional debate and you still get what it is you are after achieving 
So there we go. Never argue. I think there's a lot of psychologists who will tell you that. Number two, redirect. So let's say somebody is, again, not following your instructions. It might be that you feel like explaining to them the pure and simple, perfect rationale that you have for doing X, Y, Z. It's highly likely that in a dementia situation, it's not going to be appropriate. It's also probably not going to be appropriate when you're coaching players. And a better thing to do would be to redirect their focus onto something else. Here's the example. You're coaching a session. You're trying to achieve something. And somebody doesn't agree with what you're doing and says something to you. You can engage in that back and forth reasoning dialogue. You probably haven't got time to do that. It's probably not the right arena and the people involved are probably not able at that particular time to meet on that level. The better thing to do to get the objective achieved is to redirect that person, encourage them, move them on, get them to focus on something else. It works a treat. How many times when you're dealing with children when they don't want to do something, if you distract them, it's like a redirection. You send them down a different focus route. Now, none of this, while I'm talking to you, is becoming apparent to me that it may sound like I'm telling you to lie down and let people bully you and get what they want. It couldn't be further from the truth. People need to come out of things thinking things are okay. I've got what I want. The real key to success is that both people get what they want. It's called a win-win. And that is what Stephen Covey talked about when he talked about the win-win. It's where both people win and everybody's happy. It's not a zero-sum game where I get what I want, you don't get what you want, and none of us are really happy. So that is what this is all about. Number three. Similar to number two, redirect, distract. You could say they're very synonymous. One of them is like a little bit of encouragement to go down a similar path or the same path, but come on, focus on something else, let's move on. And the other one is, okay, let's move over here, let's get the attention moved off that, put the attention on this. And let's look at this for the time being, even if it gives us a breather. It's never, it might be that the dementia patient cannot actually do what you want them to do. It might be that the child cannot do what you want them to do. So you give them an, an alternative, a distraction, and you certainly never shame them. Shaming people is not a positive outcome for anything. Number four. If things are not going the way you want and you are not achieving the outcome you want on a football pitch, in the home, in your business, in your office, in a care setting. Number four is reassure, but do not lecture. Now, I'm sure, and I'm pretty damn sure as a parent, that there are certain times in life 
when you have to lay the law down, you have to be stern, assertive, and possibly engage in some form of strong dialogue where you say, in this establishment, this is how it's done. I am not saying that doesn't work. It doesn't work with dementia patients because they don't understand it. But taking it into a broader context, there is a better way. And that is a reassuring way. And it's like saying something like, hey, listen, I understand how you feel. In all honesty, if I was in your shoes, I may feel the same way. But you know what? I found that this is the best way to do something. Let's try again. Maybe go on to a redirection. Maybe go on to a distraction. And let's see if we can work our way around this problem. Number five, remind. We are all human beings. We all forget. Younger people do not have the same cognitive function as older people, as more mature people, as adults. Certainly dementia patients do not have the cognitive function as we know, because that is what part of the diagnosis is. So remind people in a kind, positive way. Okay, let's review this. Let's go over that again. Let me show you again. Let me help you. Let's revisit this. Do not say, remember and get on with it. It doesn't work. People have memories of different abilities. And some people need visual stimulation. Some people need it in auditory form and other people need to engage in it practically. Be prepared. Next one, number six, be prepared to repeat things. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying allow people especially young players not to listen to you and so you have to say things four and five times I believe you should in those scenarios have silence have attention and teach people that they need to give you that attention and say things once maybe twice but sometimes we do have to repeat things if the way we have communicated what we want to communicate hasn't been successful because often not always but often it's a challenge or a problem with the person giving the message not the receiver and you have to assume that in the first instance it's a good rule of law assume the problem is with you in the first instance if everybody else is getting it and you've done it a couple of times, it's probably not. Especially if the person is consistently not getting it. So, but be prepared to repeat rather than say, I told you so, get on with it. And obviously I'm bringing this from a healthcare setting, but it's a good reminder to start with. If it doesn't work on the third time, you probably need to do something else. Number seven, 
Number seven. Encourage. And say to people, look, do your best. Do your best. People can only do their best. We can all only do our best. We set standards, we set bars, we set challenges. We want a certain level of performance. Nobody hits it all the time. I'm not saying lower your standards. I'm saying do your best. And if you don't hit it this time, you come back next time and you try again. And yes, there are harsh harsh things that go on in the world of professional sport where if people do not consistently hit the right standards, they do not make the grade. We know that. That's hierarchy. That's why people get paid money. That's why the world works like it does. And that's what engages people. But people at any one given time can only do their best. Encourage them to do so. And make sure you are positive and never say, you can't do that. Let me do it for you. Just forget it. Let's move on. Number eight. The best way to achieve things is to ask the person to engage in it and model the behavior. Demonstrate if you can. It is far better than commanding and demanding. None of us like to be lectured to. None of us like to be directed all the time. Now, hear me out. As a parent, as a coach, as a leader, there are times, and it might be quite often, when you need to say, this is how we're going to do it. ABC. But if you do that all the time, you command all the time, everybody will learn to wait and listen for you. You will not create leaders. And the minute you're off guard, the minute you're not there, the minute you are not available, people will not do of their own accord what they should do. The better way, the best way is to create leaders. And you do that by asking them to pick up the mantle of leadership. Go back to a dementia patient. If you just tell them to get dressed, they ain't going to do it because they probably will struggle. But if you show them and you help them and you ask them, you will get engagement. Number nine. Praise. Never condescend. This is not easy. It seems we are programmed to look for what is wrong. It seems to be biological. It seems to be something we have to overcome. And we all respond to praise. Think about the last time somebody ever said to you, do you know what? I really admire you. I really, really admire what you've done there. Thank you. Or the last time somebody said to you, thanks for doing that. It's absolutely amazing. That feel good factor. That's why footballers will run through brick walls for managers. 
and coaches. It's not because they berate them all the time. It's because they offer them positive regard in some form or another. Now hear me out. If you constantly to every single thing to everybody gush and say that's amazing that's brilliant and use all the superlatives in the world it means nothing it has to be genuine it has to be from the heart and it has to be specific but certainly never condescend people and knock them down number 10 here's a biggie Here's a biggie that goes under the radar all the time. Reinforce. Reinforce and never force. None of us want to be forced to do anything. Forcing people to do things in the long term does not work. What does work is reinforcing positive behaviour. There's lots of studies that go along the lines of watch and observe your family, your colleagues, your players, your athletes. And every time you see them do the slightest, smallest thing that you like or is positive, reinforce it. Tell them, show them you're pleased and see what happens baby steps towards behaviour change. Reinforce, never force. So there we go. The caregiver's ten commandments. Now I ain't saying take them bluntly and rudely and just put them into a coaching practice or a life practice or a home situation. I'm saying listen to them write them down and peruse on them and see how many of those you can have in your armory that will help you get a better quality of outcome in whatever it is you're trying to achieve because we all the quality of our lives is basically represented in the quality of our relationships and the older I get the more that becomes apparent you can have all the wealth in the world, all the medals in the world. You can have achieved every single thing you want. But if your relationship's in tatters, you are going to be unhappy. You can have real, healthy, happy, meaningful, not Pollyanna, but real, meaningful relationships with people in your life, whether that's children, parents, brothers and sisters, or friends. And there's no such thing as perfection. As we know, life and relationships are complicated. But if you have quality relationships, and even if you haven't achieved financially or career-wise what it is you, you've had in your heart, you can still be a happy bunny. And you wouldn't trade one for the other, let me tell you. So there we have them, the Ten Commandments. Never argue. Redirect. Distract reassure reminisce repeat encourage ask or model praise 
and reinforce the Ten Commandments. Just a few reminders that can enhance your own practice and your own life. Hope you find one that helps. Thanks for listening and please share and leave us a review if you like. Catch you later. Bye-bye.